Hey, before we start the show this week, did you know that in just five minutes, you could potentially make a huge impact on the future of the Bears? All you need to do is sign up to the RFL's Our League platform and select the Bears as one of your teams. It's free to join. It's packed full of rugby league news, competitions, videos, and loads more besides. But our following on that platform might influence future funding decisions. So we need as many fans on there as possible. Even if you put us a second choice, we won't mind. Make a difference in just a few minutes today. Head over to rugby-league.com slash our league to create your account and pick the Bears as one of your teams. Right, on with the show. Welcome to a very special edition of Bear Necessities, your official Coventry Bears podcast. Why so special? Because this is our 100th episode. Thanks so much to all of you for sticking with us and letting us reach this milestone over the last few years. I, as you probably know, am one of your hosts, Dave Musson, and my co-pilot, Craig Cuthcart, will be joining me later as we run through our favourite Bears 13 from the time we've been doing this podcast, pick out some of our favourite matches, and talk about some of our best memories that we've gathered along the way as well. But... Before that, we've got a game from Sunday to cover. So the Bears travelled up to top of the table Barrow Raiders and competed well for large portions of it, but ultimately came off second best with Barrow winning 40-12. The Bears tries coming from Dan Coates and Matty Wellham. Now, neither Craig or I were able to travel to Cumbria for the match, but I was able to chat to two guys who were definitely there. In a moment, Bears player coach Dave Scott, but first head coach Rich Squires and then I'll rejoin you with Craig at our birthday party. Rich, uh, uh, tell me a bit about Sunday's game. I guess, I guess Barrow was always going to be a tough place to go to, particularly with them being top of the league. And from everything I've read about the match, there was there, there was no no disgrace in, in the Bears showing. And if anything, the scoreline flattered Barrow a bit. I mean, how how did you see it? Yeah, it it did a little bit, but you know, we, we was we were just nowhere near what we have been the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, which is the most disappointing thing. Um, you know, we did, we did the old traditional Barrow trick where we let them go 18 nil up um, in the first 10 minutes, which we did at home. Um, you know, and they're just not going to concede many points. So to allow them to do that, um, you know, was a bit disappointing. It was always going to be a long way back. It could have been a different story. Um, Dan Coase dived over in the corner um, and everybody apart from the touch judge said it was a try. Um, so I think if that goes, you know, if that gets given, we get the rub of the green with that one. It's... Um, we go four six nil up, and it could be a different story. But you know, it took us fifteen minutes to get into it, and then you know, it was it was for fifty minutes. It was twenty four twelve. You know, we we got it back to twenty four twelve after about twenty twenty five minutes, and then it stayed that score for a big chunk. Well, for the rest of the first half and the first twenty minutes of the second half, you know, and it's it was similar to the Hunslet game. You know, where at that stage we we there or thereabouts, um, and, I, and me and Dave were talking on the way back, and along with Alan. And, we think if we score in that period, you know, they could have broken because they were on the ropes. But, you know, unfortunately, we came up with an error and then, a, you know, a silly penalty with, you know, when we had possession of the ball and then they scored off the back of it. So it was little things like that. You know, we had we had five errors from a from a kick 
and it's not even tough kicks. You know, it's simple ones where only any other day they take them. You know, but unfortunately we just we didn't we didn't go our way on Sunday. But we've got to rebuild against come thick and fast with scholars on Saturday. It definitely does. I mean, what what positives can you take from Sunday? I mean, I guess I guess the fact that again you showed that. Um, you know, when, when things are going your way, you, you can match the best in this division and, and you can match them set for set and, and, and sort of go toe for toe with them. Like, what, what other positives can you take? Yeah, I, th- I think the middle period was really good, you know, where we, we went back to backs, you know, and for, for seven sets, Barrow didn't get out of their own half. You know, they were kicking from inside their own half and the kicks were either going into our plays and bouncing back off and we were getting the ball in their own half. And, you know, they were really on the edge. And, you know, we did... Although we, you know, we lost Brad Hull midweek because he got recalled by Bradford, um, you know, and then we lost John, Josh in the first ten minutes, um, so we were down a lot of firepower that were complete, you know, compared to what we normally are. Uh, we've still no Kevin and Sherry. so the boys who kind of came in and you know it was tough, it was warm, and all their big middles were on, you know, and we stayed in the stayed in the fight, but you know the the, the positive is we're we were there or thereabouts, you know, and there was a lot of compliments given to us, which is which is great, but. You know, when you actually look down and look at the stats compared to the key for the game, you know, we finished the game competing at 37 percent of the week, and that's just that's nowhere near compared to where we need to be. And it's not the kind of standards we set. And I kind of, you know, I said to the boys in the change rooms after the game, I don't have to tell you that. You know, you know, and you're experienced enough within the group to be able to kind of address that. You know, so it's it's something that we were very disappointed in, but the effort in the middle period, you know, and sticking in there, we could have. Could have quite easily left to go in 18 0 down, throwing in the towel, you know. And it looked, you know, it, it didn't ever look like that. You know, the boys came back and scored two quick back to back. And, you know, they, <laughs> it was 80, 1800 fans there that were getting on the boys back. And for 30, 40 minutes, you know, they were on the toes and it could have gone either way. But, you know, it's a tough place to go. But, you know, we've got to, we've got to kind of dress ourselves down and, and go and look at that 50 minute period where we were in the game and, you know, completing in. You, you kept essentially a championship side with the kind of players they've got, you know, and the amount of money they've spent in their own half for, for kind of half an hour, you know, and it's it's little things like that where are the 40 points better than us? Probably not, you know, and a couple of late tries kind of let ourselves down, but, you know, it's, there is definitely some big positives to take away from it. Yeah. And what, what about um, individual performances? Is there, any, is there anyone you particularly want to shout out from Sunday? Yeah, I thought Dan Coates was really good. You know, it, it was he got targeted, and he's you know I had some big boys coming at him with all the game. They kept sending traffic at him, um, but it looked threatening. You know, his short kicking game was really good. Um, you know, he set up mighty well, and like I say, he scored one and probably should have had another. Um, if only he could have got into his Tommy Makinson skills, which we might have to practice at training. I think if he finishes like Makinson, the try gets given. Um, but you know, Dan Dan was really good. Nathan Hill showed a lot of energy again. Um, you know, and he caught kind of their coach's attention. Um, I think just the usual middle Peter Ryan was really good you know it was great to have him back after I've kind of missed him he came off the bench and made a real impact straight away with another one of his you know signature shots um, and again he's another one who was kind of catching some attention so it's something we're kind of going to have to look at is our boys are attracting a lot of attention because we're in the spotlight you know and it's something we've kind of I don't think the club's ever had to deal with before you know so we're having to, having to look at that. But yeah, Peter Ryan, Nathan Hill and Dan Coates were probably the three standouts for me. Great, great. So you mentioned that the games are coming thick and fast and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a big couple of games for you these next two rounds, really. Scholars away, Crusaders at home, teams that are 
there or thereabouts with you in the table, games that you probably would be be looking to get wins from when you sat down at the start of the season. How how do you go into these two games now? Is there is there a bit of rotation going to come into play? Is are you, are you or are you looking to just to knuckle down a, a strong starting team and um and try and recapture what you what you showed against Keithley? Yeah, these these probably next two games will define our season. You know, if we win them, we're right up there in the mix. You know, and I think Keithley scoring late on against Hunslet to get a draw did us a massive favour in the whole playoff situation. Um, you know, and the way the points are kind of set out. So these next two are massive for us. Um, Squad-wise, you know, we're going to go as, as strong as we can. Um, you know, Josh Dunn is looking like it you know, potentially could be a season ending um, with his ankle, which is a real shame because he's, you know, we've spoken about him on the podcast a few times and he's he's pushing for that World Cup squad and, you know, fingers crossed we hope and he comes back from the specialist. Um, Sam Bauer picked up a kick two game ban against Keithley. Um, which again we're not we're not very happy about, but we've kind of got to go down the, the right ways to express our views where some we seem to be getting hit a lot harder than what other teams are um in some of these situations. So he won't be available. Uh Kieran Sherrick comes back in, which is great. Um I think we've missed Kieran around the middle of just his little the the diverse way he plays where he can tip and carry and he offers a threat which nobody else kind of knows. Um but you know we've just got to kind of go in the best we can and I think the boys will bounce straight back because that's the kind of group we've got. You know, there won't be a kind of group that feels sorry for himself and will address some certain bits on on Wednesday. But there's some sore bodies, you know, because it's a real it was a real physical encounter against Barrow, which you expect at their place. Um, it's a completely different pitch to ours, so you know it's nice and compact, and you're just whacking each other for 80 minutes. Um, but we've got to prepare to go to scholars and and North Wales and, and get the job done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Rich, thanks as ever for uh, for your time and for joining the podcast. Just just lastly before you go, a bit of a random question for you. So um so bear with me. But um this episode is actually this podcast 100th episode and just wondered if you had if you had a a, a 100th episode message for the uh, for the podcast and for our listeners. Yeah, you know, it's a great achievement is it's something that kind of you and you know you and Craig should be really proud of. You no, know, it's a I know a lot of people are, are tuning in now and it's something to look forward to every week and you know, I've even got the kids on, on kids on board at school. Um, you know, so it's, it's something they look forward to and I think it's a real treat of, especially this season where we've kind of given the fans to, you know, something to smile about on the pitch and when you're there, you, you kind of get lost in the motion, you know, where you boys kind of address it down and, you know, being to, able to hear the thoughts of the players and, and little things like that, you know, it's something that I think every club needs, you know, and, it's a, a big step in our direction. So, so it's a big, I know me and the boys are really happy with kind of, you know, I'm really proud of what your boys are doing. So it's, you know, it's different in there and long may it continue for another hundred. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. That, that means a lot. And um, yeah, thanks as always for, for joining us. And um, I'll chat to you after the Scholars game. No problem, Dave. Thank you very much for your time. Dave, um, Barrow, a uh, tough place to go at the best of times, um, particularly when they're riding high at the top of the league and, and you know, with the journey and, and the, the hot weather and all of that. From from what I can gather from reading about the game and following it following it online, the scoreline sort of flatters Barrow a little bit from Sunday. How how do you feel you and the rest of the team did in that one? Yeah, I think you're definitely right. The scoreline certainly flat, flatters Barrow. Um, we didn't get off to the best of starts. I think within about 20 minutes, we were 18 nil down. And as you said, the top of the league, it's a very tough place to go. It's a long journey. Hostile crowds, um, the environmental conditions were quite tough as well, the heat. So um, it was always going to be uphill battle after losing so many points. 
Um, so that that was probably one of the most disappointing parts of the game. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of took us those 20 minutes to actually wake up and start playing a little bit. And when we did that and we actually went set for set and we built a little bit of pressure um, and we started working as a unit rather than individuals trying to solve problems on their own, we looked good and we looked very comfortable in the game. And we managed to pull it back to 18-12 at one point. We went in 24-12 at half time. And then came out the second half and it took 26 minutes for the first points to be scored. So it really was a war of attrition. Uh, we went set for set and we we spent a lot of time down in their line, or a lot of time down in their 20, a lot of time in their half. And But when we did get into their 20, um, we just couldn't seem to finish a set off. It always seemed to be, we built a bit of pressure, tackle three error, tackle four error. And I think maybe if we scored in that period, it, it might have changed the game a little. So, yeah, really disappointing um, in terms of the scoreline, but I don't think the, the scoreline necessarily reflects the game, um, although we definitely weren't at our best. Um, and like I said, Barrow at top of the top of the league for a reason. So, yeah. And I get, I get the sense from from reading some of the, the match reports from the game that actually actually the Bears' performance impressed quite a few people out there. You know, there's probably people who go and watch Barrow who only see the Bears once a year or once every couple of years. And I guess I guess if we're trying to find positives from Sunday, it, it definitely feels like the team is progressing in the right direction. And I mean, you you just said it, it, it. I get the sense that you feel that the guys had a bit of an off day overall as well. So it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It's kind of two games against Barrow this season. There have been periods where we've not just competed with them, but matched them, but ultimately haven't been able to, to win either of them. I mean, I guess you must take something out of out of having recognisable progress and being able to impress people. But I know what I, I know from our chats this season, you you and Rich are going to be wanting more, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you're right. It's, it's, it's nice that people are talking about Coventry and that it, we're developing and we're going the right directions and that's outside of the club. Um, but I just wish that maybe some of the Barrow fans had seen a performance similar to what we produced in the last 20 minutes against Hunslet or what we produced for 80 minutes against Keithley um, because we really were at our best um, 80 minutes of this season, I think, against Keithley and it was one of our more complete performances. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of disappointing that we've really built and we've really kind of developed over the last couple of weeks and over this season and to produce what we produced was really disappointing. Um, but in the context of the league, the way that I'm thinking of it now we're getting towards the business end is how many teams are realistically going to play Barrow at their place and win? And then furthermore, how many teams are realistically going to play Barrow and win, whether that's home or away? Um, so hopefully, I would much rather um, that we lose a game to Barrow, which we're supposed to lose. Um, and then we've got two big weeks coming up. We've got London Scholars um, on Saturday. And then in the following week, we've got North Wales Crusaders at home. And both of those, you know, we're in touching distance of the playoffs. But if we're going to make it, those are must-win games for us. So, yeah, we've been brought back down to earth a little bit from the Barrow game. And maybe we needed that, hopefully, in the long run, it's going to do us a little bit of a favour. We can reevaluate, we can reassess, 
and we can regroup and get ourselves ready to go again. But we must, must, must go into London Scholars. We must go into North Wales Crusaders with the right attitude and we need to apply ourselves with our A game. Otherwise, we're going to risk uh, losing four points against those teams, which we did in the first half of the season. So we need to make up for that as well. Yeah, I mean, I was going to touch on those two two games actually. I mean, they they you look at the league table and it is so tight from about third down to probably down to scholars in in ninth actually, and uh, you know a, a couple of wins back to back from any of those teams, and it it really changes the course of the rest of their season in terms of um, having a, a strong position to hold on to. And I think I think if we if we look back on this season so far, scholars and crusaders are probably the two. The only two games really that I can think of that were genuinely disappointing to to watch from a Bears point of view. Obviously, you want to you want to bounce back from Sunday and you want to make the most of playing teams around us. But is there an element in there of of wanting to right the wrongs of those two previous games against these two sides as well going into into the next couple of rounds? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think back to that Scholars game. I think it was the second or third game of the season, even, and that really was. Um, one of our more immature performances. We, I think we had three opportunities to win the game, i.e. we won the lead three times and we weren't smart enough and we didn't manage the game well enough um, to to see that out. Um, so that was the really disappointing, really frustrating thing about that game. And it was there for us, it was there for the taking. Um, so we're definitely to right that wrong. And when it comes to Crusaders, look, I don't know what happened that day, and that was another off day. Um, and I, I can't put my finger on it, but we just didn't turn up. Um, and you can point your finger at a million things when you have a performance like that, but the fact of the matter was that it simply wasn't good enough. Um, they're going to come to our place now, and we need to make sure that we right those wrongs and we pick up two points in, in that game, and it's as simple as that. Otherwise, you know, this season will slip away from us. Was Was there anyone from Sunday who 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 you would like to particularly shout out as having as been standout performers from Bears' point of view? It's a, it's a bit of a tough question because I don't think there's many players um, that that played at the best, um, which is obviously disappointing for me to say, and it's probably disappointing for them to hear. Um, uh, if I was going to single one person out, um, I'd probably look at look at Matty Wellham. I think he's had a really good season. Uh, it brings a lot of energy. It carries hard and defensively, he's very good. Um, I think Rich Rance went pretty well. Um, he mopped up everything at the back and he answered all the questions that were asked of him. And his game's developing week on week in terms of getting on the ball uh, and, and doing the tough work in yardage. Um, so I think I think he's had a good season as well so far. Um, and yeah, that those were probably the two players that I looked at and thought, you know, they've really kind of, um, again, probably not the best games, but, you know, probably the pick of the bunch, if I'm being honest. Um, and then probably the only other person that I'm going to pick out would be Brad Claverin, I think. He's doing some seriously big minutes in the middle, and it's a very tough task, especially against the prop. Uh, sort of, especially for a prop playing against a team like Barrow and playing against their pack with the size they've got and with the experience they've got. So I think he's doing a tremendous job and putting in big minutes. So those are probably the three that I identified. But um, as you can probably tell, 
even though I'm identifying those as the best performers from yesterday, I don't think that they would um, necessarily say that that was their best performance. Well, lots of opportunities for, for people to step up in the next couple of weeks and um, and get get that form back. Well, Dave, thanks as always for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, just one more before you go. I don't know if you're aware, but this episode, the episode that this interview is going to air on is actually our 100th episode. So this is very cheeky of me, but I just wondered whether you might have a, a, a happy 100th episode message for, for us here at the podcast. Um. <laughs> you've kind of thrown this one on me so I don't really know what to say um, but I just guess happy one, 100th episode to, to the Bears podcast um, you know yourself Dave and, and Craig do an absolute fantastic job behind the scenes with the media and I've thoroughly enjoyed um, being part of the podcast since being on board with the Bears um, and I hope that you know, we're going to make this a season to remember and a special one for the Bears by sneaking into the playoffs. Great stuff. Your check's in the post, Dave. Outstanding. <laughs> Thanks a lot as ever, and I will, I will speak to you soon. Great stuff. Thank you, Dave. As you're aware, it is our 100th episode. Um, so I thought we'd have a little bit of a celebration and a bit of a party. So um, Craig, you're, you're with me for this party. Happy 100th episode. I know. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, I think you first approached me after the Workington game in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I would never have imagined doing a podcast. Had never thought about doing anything similar. Had never done anything like it. And being absolutely honest, would not have even dreamt of doing it. I didn't have the confidence to be able to do something like it. I remember you saying to me, and it just sticks in my mind, you said to me, look, it's just talking, that's all it is. And I've kept that mantra all the way through. And um, I think at the start, I was kind of listening to every episode, picking through what I'd said and, you know, sighing at some of the bits where I was stumbling over words and things like that. But now, uh, you know, it's completely different. A hundred episodes in, I just can't believe it. I know. And and to think that like, going all the way back to episode one in July 2017, I mean, that was, I know, I know I, you said, as you said, I approached you after the Workington game, but, but most of our arranging was all done via Twitter, wasn't it? I think that that first episode was probably the second in-person conversation we'd ever actually had. The first one being in the bar at halftime on that same game. It was a Crusaders game, wasn't it? The first one we did. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great that we've uh, we've got into into triple figures. I mean, as I said on the show last week, we should have hit this milestone last season, but obviously with COVID disrupting it, it's taken us a little longer. But um, but yeah, it feels it feels significant that we've got to one hundred, and we're we're obviously really grateful for everyone who has listened and stuck with us. A lot of you listening have been with us all the way through. So um, yeah, I hope you've I hope you've enjoyed it, and I guess to to mark this this occasion. Um, what we've decided to do, um, we gave ourselves, well, I say we, I, I, I came up with this idea. I will take full responsibility for this. Um, I came up with the idea that Craig and I should each pull together our favourite Bears 13 from the, uh, the four years that we've been doing this show and also pick out our favourite matches and any other significant podcast-related moments that we uh, wanted to talk about. And turns out that's a really difficult job. I think the matches haven't been too difficult to come up with and probably the the other moments because we've had some, we've been fortunate to have some some really good times on this podcast. But I don't know about you, Craig, but coming up with 13 players, 
to, yeah. to sum up the last four years it's been really tough it's been really tricky and uh i should say as well those players that probably would have made my cut but we are doing it just from when we started the podcast so so someone like jamal hunt who's obviously one of the best players ever to pull on a bear shirt he he hasn't made it into to my team on, on that basis and there are others as well you know there's some very good players that that came before that particularly in the the early days of of the bear semi pro team um but yes just one more thing on on the us reaching 100 episodes as well is that just to say i for anyone listening out there i generally have the easy parts to do um i turn up and and speak every every episode uh, and do a very occasional interview but dave does pretty much all the interviews and pulls together every show joins everything together so that that's a huge amount of work to have done over 100 episodes so um you know i think i can speak for everyone and say everyone at the club and everyone listening i'm sure all the listeners would say the same just to say you've done a brilliant job on it and, and well done well thank you mate i appreciate that and uh yeah not not bad for just a bit of talking and then a yeah. little bit of recording and a bit of stitching it together is it and and obviously we're both very grateful for to the club for uh, making us the official podcast as well which um just gives us even more even more reach so um anyway enough of the oscar speeches let's get into this um this tough and we did we did ask for contributions on these questions from um from our listeners as well and we will pull some of those in at the end once we've gone through our bit um because we've got we've got a few choices to go through we asked people on social media for their top three players rather than just a, rather than a full for Thirteen and their favourite matches and any other favourite podcast things. So we'll come to that later. But let's get the difficult bit out of the way and let's go through our thirteen. So I don't know about you, Craig. I've ended up with basically I've sort of got an A team and a B team. I've got my I've got my choices, but I've also got a significant shout out for each position. Um, and I, I I don't I don't propose we need to spend ages explaining each one because I think they'll probably be self-explanatory. But um. But yeah, I guess we can just go through and um, and say who we've picked. How, how did you- I was just going to say as well, I've, I've probably bent the rules slightly in that uh, we've got a few players who played in different positions. Mm-hmm. And in order to fit probably my best 13, I've, I have moved players into positions, which, and, and I'm sure there'll be some arguments about whether or not they played there that much, but we'll see what we'll see what we come up with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, um, so let's, let's break the team up by sort of logical groupings. And I reckon let's start with, um, with a back three. So a fullback and two wingers. Um, you go first, Greg, let's see who you've got in yours. So my first choice of fullbacks, Mikey Russell, um, one of my favorite players ever in a Bears shirt. He, he was just phenomenal. Um, Honourable mentions, I should say. Uh, firstly, I couldn't leave out Elliot Hall without mentioning him. Um, brilliant for us for one season. And Nathan Hill, um, you know, probably the best fullback I've seen for the Bears. Would have made it in a, the number one slot for me had he played a few more games. Um, but Mikey, Mikey played for us for what one and a bit seasons, so so had to make the cut. And what about your wingmen? So my wingers. Um, I think for me, there was only two choices, really. Uh, and they're the, the current Bears wingers, uh, our first choice wingers, Hayden Freeman and Reese Rance. Um, both fantastic. Hayden uh, has been a stalwart for the club, really, been there since day one, got one of the most appearances in the in a Bears shirt and actually top try scorer for the Bears. Uh, and, and I think, uh, should he play for another few years, his record 
number of tries will will be very hard to beat. Reese Rance has been a revelation since he's come into the club. Um, he was injured early on in his Bears career, but he's just been brilliant since. And, and he's a big fan favourite, mainly due to his, his work rate. Um, Honourable mention, I'm going to mention someone a bit out of the left field. I'm sure some fans will remember him, but Harry Chapman um, was a quite a prolific uh, try scorer for the Bears o- over a couple of seasons. Uh, really good player. Not sure what happened to him, but um, but yeah, he, he's definitely someone I, I rated at the time. Good, good stuff. Well, we've got a lot of crossover um, in our back three because my so my fullback is I've sort of gone the reverse of you. I've gone for Elliot Hall just because I can't ignore that try scoring record, and he was his abilities were such a shining light in in quite a tough 2019 season. But it, it seemed to be that if we get the ball to Elliot, he would score, um, which was always exciting. Mikey is, is definitely my, my honourable mention or my, my reserve pick in that position. Um, not just because he was such a sensational and sparkling player, but, you know, a, a top guy off the pitch as well. I just, that, that beaming smile, whenever you saw him, it was just, um, just a joy to see. And then my, my two wingers are the same as you. So I've got, I've got Hayden and Reese. Um, for very similar reasons, really. I think I think Hayden is just such a reliable try scorer, a product of the youth team. You know, he is he is Mr. Mr. Bears in many ways. Um, and Reese Reese has, has scored spectacular tries, but you know, in the last, particularly this season, we've seen him put in such hard work in every game, um, and and it often goes well, not by us, but it potentially could go overlooked sometimes. But he he seems really 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 engaged in what he's doing, and um, yeah, he's such a, a big part of the Bears' defense as well as the attack. Um, I just couldn't leave him out really my my backup wingers I know you you mentioned about Jamal perhaps not not featuring that much during the time we've done the podcast I have stuck him in as my one of my reserve wingers because I think from the bits that I did see of him you know it was it's clear that what sensational talent he was um and my other backup winger you won't be surprised to know is um is one Mr Dante Morley Samuels um not just because of his hair but um you know he he, uh, he obviously he sort of drifted between center and wing but I, I always liked him on the wing I was enjoyed seeing him make yards and stuff and obviously he's got the best haircut that anyone in a bear very good player had, there so. as well mm. yeah yeah Cool. Well, let's um let's let's jump into the centres then. I'm going to go first on my centres. Um, this was this was quite a tough one. I, think I found felt like there was a lot of competition in the centres actually when you start thinking about it more and more. Um, my and and oh, I can I can show you how how blessed the Bears have been with quality centres actually when I tell you that my two reserve centres are Kadeem Williams and Cam Pierce Paul. Um, they're the ones who didn't quite make it, but my my first choice centres I've gone for um, are Jason Bass and Liam Wellham. Um, I think Liam Wellham has just been, we've talked about him every episode this season and deservedly so, captain, leader, amazing in defence, amazing in attack, such a, a such a just pivotal part of that Bears team and, and easily one of the most impressive centres I've, I've ever seen. And then Jason Bass, I mean, w- what can you say about Jason? I mean, he, he covered a variety of positions across that back line, but I, I always enjoyed seeing him in the centres and he's he's gone on to better things at, at, at York and there's no reason why he can't continue to climb the ladder even higher, particularly after that, that score at Wembley last uh, last week. So yeah, Liam and Liam and Jason are my centres with Kadeem and Cam just missing out. So I've, um, I've gone slightly differently here. Um, and one of the players that I've put in played in second row as well, but I've stuck him in the centre here because I, I always felt that he was 
really good in the centres. So I've gone uh, as my first choice. I've gone with Liam Wellham uh, and Matt Reed. Mm-hmm. So Matt sometimes Matt sort of switched between centre and second row, but uh, Matt was Matt Reed was a fantastic player and still is. I think playing for Crusaders. Um, my reserves: uh, Cam Pierce, Paul, and, and Matty Wellham. Um, Jason Bass didn't make cut because I've stuck him in somewhere else because he he also switched between second row and centre. So, um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I think Liam, while he hasn't played uh, as many games as say someone like Cam, just in the the games that he has played, uh, he's just been superb. Uh, Matty's a superb player as well, um, but I, I would say a centre partnership of Liam Wellham and Matt Reed would would be. One of the best in the in the whole of league one, I have to say. So. Yeah, and and just just going through those names that we've talked about between us. Not not only can you see what talent we've had in the centres, but a real variety, a real sort of different skill set. Like Cam Pierce Paul is obviously a, a a bit of a magician at times, whereas Liam Wellham, as he showed against Keithley last week, he just boshes people out of the way and doesn't take it. And it's yeah, it's a it's a real variety in that position. So. Yeah, lots, lots of talented players there. Okay, okay, that's um. So in terms of in terms of crossover for our starting positions, we've we've both got Hayden, Liam, and Reese in our starting team. So okay, it's good, it's good. We've got a bit of bit of crossover and a bit of mixture as well. Um, let's jump into the halves then. I found this and I found this. I found one of these quite an obvious one, and I found the other one quite tough because there was there was a few standout candidates. Who have you got in your halves, Craig? So yeah, I've done. Um, I haven't chosen individual positions i've just chosen two halfbacks um, and i've gone with my one and two uh it's been dave scott and ben stead same Um, here yeah um dave probably one of the best players i've seen in a bear shirt um in in the i mean relatively small number of games that we've seen but his just such a talented player but a leader on the pitch and a really genuine guy who wants to wants the Bears more than anything to succeed, and the fans absolutely love him. Um, and he's a danger every time he gets the ball. Um, but not only that, the number of assists he must have had this season is just ridiculous. So, just a fantastic player, uh, Ben Stead. What can you say about Ben Stead? He, you know, he was still relatively young when he played at the Bears, but um, certainly the best kicker in League One if not League One and Championship, his his ability with the boot was was phenomenal. Um didn't matter where you scored, he he stuck it over the posts and um you know a really hard worker as well, really good player. Um honorable mentions. Um I've picked a couple here and I could have picked, to be honest, there's such a strong um set of halfbacks here. I could have picked probably three or four others. But I've gone with Nick Newman, um, who no doubt would have been in the top two had he played a few more games for the Bears. Again, one of the most talented players I've ever seen in a Bears shirt. Just phenomenal. Um, and he, he earned a move to Newcastle um following a really great start to his Bears career. Um, but I've also stuck uh, honorable mention Brad Delaney in there. Really talented player. Not only was he good at kicking, uh, his kicking game was fantastic, but he scored a lot of tries as well. Um, you know, and, and you get halfbacks who don't often get over the line that that much. Dave Scott gets over the line a lot, but Brad Delaney was similar. He scored a lot of tries. 
Um, and I'm going to ch- chuck in another honourable mention as well because he was a player I really, really liked. Um, and he was coming sort of, I guess, to the end of his rugby league career when he came to the Bears. But Paul Emanuele, just a great, great little player, wasn't he? He was a bit of a thorn in the Bears' side when he played in South Wales. So it was great to see him in a Bears shirt. He was he was a great player as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more on all of those. So as I said, my my first choice two are the same as yours and, and for largely similar reasons. I think Dave Scott has just been electric this season and and it's like like you say, loads of assists, loads of tries, tremendous leadership, tremendous thought on the pitch as well and just such a threat all the time. And then Ben Stead, yeah, I mean, he, he was influential in that 2018 season and um yeah just just being able to knock those conversions over from wherever um and he didn't give me any stick at all for that game that I was on the PA for when he did about 14 conversions and every time I played the kicky kicky kick song from hey Dougie um so he's obviously he's obviously got a sense of humor as well which is good um my honorable mentions were um I mean, I did originally write down both Brad and, and Nick. Um, I've actually gone for my reserve choices for Paul Emanuele and for Dan Coates because um, I, I, f- I feel like Dan is, you know, I think I think had we done this at the end of the season, Dan would have been in a very uh, viable position for challenging for a for a Absolutely. starting berth in this team. But I'm excited to see where he goes next. And and Paul Emanuele, I, I thoroughly enjoyed his time at the Bears. I think he was such a creative player. He was a reliable backup for any games that, that Ben Stead wasn't available in terms of kicking from the tee. Um, just a, a calm head in the middle of that pitch. Um, and he he brought something that the Bears have been lacking over our time in the in doing the podcast, and that was tattoos. Yeah, he had uh, he had quite a lot of tattoos, didn't he? Yeah. So Yeah, I mean if we if we were going for tattoos and, and like um just just dashing dashing sort of um manly style and good looks i think we'd have to have brad delaney and, and paul emmanuel as our halfback pairing but um I, I think i'm comfortable just having plenty of supply of tattoos on the bench for this one i think actually as a team we were quite um uh, most other teams we face are uh have a lot of ta- a lot more tattoos don't they it must be like i don't know whether it's a northern thing or what but <laughs> the bears seem seem not to have as many there's there's the challenge for the off season bears players get more tattoos yeah on the on dan Coates as well i think as as you said come the end of the season i'm pretty certain he, he would be in those top two i think there's every chance he's actually going to break the the points record this season for the bears but um we, we'll certainly see um see how he gets on for the rest of the season but but what a player he is as well okay so let's let's move into the forwards then and we'll do uh, what do you reckon should we just should we just do the front front row and then group the second second row and the loose forward together so front row i'll go first um i have got um peter ryan and james gurchins as my as my props and i've got chris collymore in a hooker um with my honorable mentions slash backups um, going to um, Nathan Conroy as my backup hooker and then Brad Clavering and Josh Dunn um, as my my backup props. Again, spoiled for choice with props, really. But I think Peter Ryan, you know, he was an instant fan favourite because of that tackle on Fooey Fooey. But he is he has just improved. Just his his his. If you if you plotted his improvement as a graph, it would just be a a, a line constantly going upwards. He has not he has not faltered. He has not taken a step back. You know he's had a couple of injuries and has just come back stronger from them every time. And this season he is. I know we've we've missed out on him for the last few weeks because of injuries, but he has been phenomenal. 
Um, Chris Collymore, we talk about so frequently, he keeps the Bears ticking over and the Bears are at their best when they play at a high tempo and they're, they're moving quickly. And he he gets us through that. And the amount of times we've seen him do a full 80 minutes as well and just 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 keep keep the quality high from minute zero to minute 80. Superb. And, and then James Gurchins, I mean, a club, a genuine club legend. I don't think there's much more we could we can say about Gurch that we haven't already said on this podcast. And you know, obviously he 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 and his family moved back to Australia, and he's 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 very much missed in terms of the being around the Bears setup, and not only what he offered on the pitch, but what he offered in terms of building the club's name in the community as well. Just such a genuine good guy and a terrific player as well. I always remember his performance, particularly against Widness, um, when he really relished that challenge of getting stuck into some Super League players. Um, and then in terms of my backups, I think, you know, we've talked about Josh Dunn and, and Brad Clavering a lot this season. Um, I mean, it, it feels crazy putting Josh in, considering he's only ever played about nine games of rugby league, but then you look at him play and it's totally justified. He is such a talent. Brad, Brad Clavering is just sensational and Nathan Conroy again I think him and Elliot Hall were the um, and one player who who I'm going to mention later on were kind of the 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 real the real highlights of 2019 and as I said earlier in, in what was an otherwise very tough season but um yeah I, I always enjoyed seeing him come off do his business at hooker um but how about you what have you got in your front row um I've got the same uh, first choices, so James Gurchins and Peter Ryan. Um, I won't add too much to that. I agree with everything you said about Gurch. Um, probably the best prop that's ever played, played at the Bears and, and certainly one of the best ever players in terms of talent and commitment. Um, you know, he, as a prop, sometimes had to play a full 80 minutes and he was always going right to the end. Um, Peter Ryan just improved proves every single game just a fantastic player but my backups I've actually got two different players um I've got Jack Morrison and Brad Brennan in prop uh Jack Morrison you know fat he was a huge fan favorite um it's just a real shame we couldn't have kept him kept him going in a bearish shirt uh, you know he had other commitments work commitments and things like that but he was a one-man wrecking ball wasn't he there was, <laughs> yeah. wasn't, wasn't a player there was not a player in League One like him in terms of being able to drag six or seven guys on his back and still make yards. He was just, teams couldn't cope with him, uh, you know, and had, had he been a bit fitter, I think he he could have been a genuinely top, top class player, um, but he was brilliant. Brad Brennan, still doing his stuff in League One. What a player he was. And I've got to mention him just because he's the spitting image of Boomer, isn't he? So, <laughs> Baby and Boomer. in a very similar way as well. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone double-taked every time they saw him on the field. So, And what, what about a hooker? A uh, hooker, uh, I've got the same as you. Chris Cullimore, um, with Nathan Conroy back up. Um, can't add much more to that. I have got another honourable mention just because he, um, you know, he was he he was very good um, at hooker for for over half a season. Was Liam Rice Wilson? I thought he he very very well in that position when he was in. Um, but yeah, that's that's my choices there. Okay, well let's um let's wrap it up with the final three then. So Craig, let's let's have your your second rows and your loose forwards. So my second rows is as I said, I've cheated a little bit. Um, I've put Jason Bass in at second row, mainly again because I, I felt I always felt he was really good in the second row. 
Um, but my first choices are, are Jason Bass and Jacob Jones. Um, Jacob Jones, just an amazing young talent, wasn't he? Um, came through the Broncos system, but he's a Midlander. Um, was a Midlands Academy graduate who then went to Broncos uh, and came back to the Bears. Um, played for the Bears a few times on loan um, and then came for a season and, and got nominated for League One player that young player of the season just a brilliant brilliant player and that um you know that 2019 but it was the 2019 what season wasn't it he was one of the shining lights in the team that year and the only the only bears player as of yet to be nominated for an individual player of the year award in the official end of season awards and it's a terrific achievement um second row uh nominate uh honorable mentions i've got kadeem williams i know kadeem plays in center sometimes as well so and uh I've put Harry Kaufman in there again. Generally, he plays in, has played in lots of different positions, but again, I'm, I, you know, quite like him at second row. And uh, what about loose forward? Oh yeah, yeah. So loose forward. Um, again, I've kind of done a bit of cheating here. Uh, not so much cheating, but um, so my my number one choice is Chris Barrett, uh, club legend, all time uh, appearance holder, captain for what? six years seven years something like that just another club legend um you know he he was a quietly spoken guy but a real leader on the pitch just just a fantastic player um back up in that position and and i felt kind of bad about this because um i could have put him anywhere um in the back line really uh, or in it, anywhere from second row to loose forward to center because he's played pretty much all over. Um, but Kieran Sherratt, again, another club legend. Um, Kieran would get in, in, in any, any team really. Um, and he scored a lot of tries, um, as well over his time love it getting any team but not your team craig i like it That's i know good. i, I realized they didn't get in um i should have put him in second row really well don't don't worry about it because in my in my final three positions i have got uh my second rows are jacob jones and jack dawson and then i've got kieran sherrett as my loose forward um and my my backups um i guess they're all interchangeable really but i've got as backups i've got chris barrett Chris Vitellini and Ash Bateman, um, who a few people might might not have remembered necessarily, but I, I all Bateman in particular. Uh, there's just I have memories from 2018 of a couple of games when he his him coming on and grabbing the team by the scruff of the neck and just just being a terrier and just just antagonising the opposition really turned things around um, in in the Bears' favour. And I just I just thought he was a terrific influence. Um, off the bench and yeah I thought I always thought Chris Vitellini was offered a lot in attack and was terrific in defense um and like echo everything you say about Chris Barrett but in terms of my starting three I think Kieran Sherrett are delighted to see him come back this season and as you say a complete club legend and could have stuck him in at any number of positions but I think I probably like him most at, at least forward Jacob Jones has been one of the absolute best players I've ever seen play in the time we've done the podcast and uh and I guess Jack Dawson is going down that same route, actually. And you know, I taught, I described him as our our punk rock second row a couple of weeks ago, and I'm I'm happy to stand by that. And um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing him do the business for the rest of this season. So, uh, good, we got through it, and quite quite a lot of crossover. Um, 
but a few differences in there as well. So some good stuff. And we will we will come on to what people, what our listeners suggested as their favourite players a little later on. But before we wrap up our little bits of reflections, um, we were going to talk about favourite matches um, and any other podcasty type moments that we uh, we particularly are, are fond of. So uh, let's go to favourite matches um, first. So I. I've got five that I'm going to mention, but two of them are kind of tied for my favourite. The other three are sort of honourable mentions. But Craig, let's let's hear yours first in terms of your favourite matches in our podcasting history. Yeah, so I've picked out two. I probably could have, like you, I could have picked about five, but I tried to um, to stick with two. So, so my number one match was uh, Keith Lee. The first time we beat them at home. Um, it was the first time we'd beat in a Heartland side. It was only a few weeks after we'd um, got absolutely hammered by them up at their place. Um, I just remember, you know, there was quite a really big crowd there that day. I'd also, just as a bit of backdrop, drop, I'd, I'd met up with a couple of mates earlier on in the day who'd never been to a rugby league match. Um, catching up, hadn't seen them for a few years. Decided to take them to a Bears game and what a, what a first game I took them to. Um, I just remember everyone being very emotional at the end, having having won the game, and it was just an absolute delight to see, particularly the, the nature of the way that we we took them apart that day. Um, it was just just a brilliant, brilliant day, and and everyone was just absolutely over the moon. It felt like a real milestone, and we've we've gone on from that and and really progressed as a club since then. Yeah, yeah. And what about your other choice? I've got a, I've got an inkling as to what it might be. So the other choice, um, again, that could have been a number of um, of games, but I've chosen the the recent Hunslet game. I couldn't leave that out. Um, you know, to to be twenty odd points down with what twelve minutes to go and, and win the game was just phenomenal. Um, best comeback I've ever seen. The only um, game I've ever seen where someone's conceded forty four points and still won the game. And again, the emotion at the end of that game was just uh, absolutely fantastic. What a game that was and what a day. I think I was smiling for about three days afterwards. It was just brilliant. Yep, yeah. Well, my 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 top two are exactly the same two as yours, Craig. I mean, I think, and I don't think there's much more I need to add. I mean, that Hunslet game was just crazy. I still don't really know what happened there. Um, and the Cougars one, yeah, I think all of what you were saying, I completely agree with it. And I guess also the fact that we were missing what, 10 first choice starting players because it clashed with a, a student four nations game. You had the added bit of, of narrative of, um, of Mikey and Brad uh, Delaney being sort of drafted in to sort of help a, a stranded team. And they came in and put on a terrific display. I mean, Mikey scored a hat trick that day. Um, yeah, it was just, there was just so many good stories there. And then, and yeah, what was it? 76 days after being absolutely annihilated by Keith Lee up at, up at their place. Um, just, just sensational. And, and it was that, it was that getting the monkey off the back for the Bears, wasn't it? In terms of beating a Heartlands club. And like you say, it gone from strength to strength. The other games I would mention that were very close to making making my um, my final cut. A strange one to pick given that we lost 90-0, but I would reference the Witness game in the Challenge Cup just because of that was real progress for the Bears in terms of getting that far in the competition. 
being on equal footing with a then Super League team for 80 minutes, getting to go up to, to their ground and just, just the whole day, it was just a, a significant moment. And, you know, it was a free hit for the Bears that day. The result was never going to matter. It would have been amazing if we could have scored. That's the only regret I have from that day is that we didn't score. But um, yeah, it was, we knew it was going to be tough when Widner scored after about six seconds, but <laughs> but that was that was so much more than what the game was about. But the other two I would throw in, weirdly both from the 2019 season which as we've covered was not was not the the easiest of seasons as a Bears fan but those games against Newcastle Thunder and Workington Town from those that season that was just you know if we could have captured those games in a bottle and drank them before every other match who knows what we would have done in 2019 because we were sensational on both of those games the Workington one in particular I don't know there was just something in the air wasn't it that you could just sense in the warm-up that the Workington players you know, didn't, didn't quite look that switched on and the Bears just ran at them. And I mean, I, I just, my memory of that is that every try was pretty much a length of the field score. It was, they were so quick and so, so sharp. Eased up in the second half or maybe they played better, but I mean, we could have been absolutely out of sight that day. It was just a brilliant performance. Good, good. Um, so lastly then from us, before we jump over to what our listeners have sent in, um, I mean, we've covered so many incredible memories from our 100 episodes so far. Is is there anything else that you would throw in as being something you've been, I don't know, proud of, something that's just a really fond memory from this podcasting journey? I, I'm going to throw in mine at the start, and that is the, I guess, the whole day of the, when Bradford were in Coventry in 2018, but particularly the fact that and we had the BBC there as well, and, and it ended up with with Dave Woods doing a whole piece about the Bears on his podcast. And just it felt like the eyes of the sport were on the Bears for that weekend, and were were really keen to find out our story and tell our story and showcase that this club is is the right way of going about things. So it was such a proud day, and we put on a really good display against a very a very good team as well. And bumper crowd. We did the music festival. We did the food. It just, we'd sort of dreamed big for that day and it all came off and it was it was backed up with the media coverage as well. So like getting to have John Keir on our podcast, getting to have Dave Woods on our podcast, getting to have the guys from 4020 as well. It was just sensational and just just something I, I, I will remember for a long time. But um, what about you? Any any other significant memories? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, I could have had others. I mean, um, I mean, just I suppose an honourable mention is the... Um, the first time Leeds Rhinos came to visit, I think the crowd was uh, what was it, thirteen hundred or something? No, fourteen hundred that day, something like that. Um, it was just a, a wonderful occasion. But uh, and um, you know some really great Leeds players who've gone on to play for for, for the first team there now. So, um, but I think what my biggest two probably the first one. Is a bit of a bittersweet one because, um, and I'll explain why in in a in a little while. But when we met uh, the guys from the Toronto um, podcast, was it the Wolfcast they were called? Yeah. Um, it was Dario and Steve, wasn't it? Was it Steve? Uh, I, it was Dario uh, Passarelli, definitely. And then I think his his partner in crime was Steve, and they were doing a bit of a tour. Um, of the UK going to rugby league games they were at all goals um, and we said we'd go and visit them and that was just a brilliant experience getting to chat to them Canadian rugby league fans um, but massive sport fans as a whole and 
it was just a really nice day to go go and watch what I mean, we lost the game that day, didn't we? But it was a fantastic game of rugby, really high scoring, lots of lots of good tries. Um and at that time I just remember thinking rugby league is is really going somewhere. We've got Canadian rugby league fans over here watching the game in lot in Gloucester, um, or Cheltenham at the time it was, wasn't it? But uh, you know, Gloucester all goals against Coventry Bears, Canadian fans watching the game. And I really thought rugby league was was turning a corner and about to take off. And and the reason I say it's bittersweet because it's all gone, gone to crap since then in terms of Wolfpack no longer with us, all goals no longer with us, although they still exist in the in the amateur game. Um, but for that day, it was just fantastic. And we hadn't been podcasting long either at that point either. It, it was... Um, such a nice thing to do and, and I really appreciated meeting those guys and I think didn't they give us a, a Wolfpack scarf and everything as well which was really really nice of them yeah we gave it away as a competition prize didn't we I think yeah I think Ron Banks won it I think if memory serves me correctly but um no I yeah and that, yeah that that day was 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 great um as, apart from the game because I remember we were quite comfortably in in front and we ended up losing by two points didn't we? I think um was it Steve Parry who did his usual tricks against the Bears and just kept scoring from dummy half. Um, they also did, I think, four crossfield kicks, which were caught by their hmm. <laughs> was caught yes. by their winger, and he dived over the same try every single time. But anyhow, it was still a brilliant, brilliant day. Was was there was was, was there more than one you wanted to throw in, or was that yeah? So the other one was um, uh, again. It was uh, involving Bradford uh, when I went to see the Bears play against Bradford um, up at Oddsall. Um, just a, again a brilliant experience to see because Bradford were always a team that was sort of I always considered to be a giant of the game and to go up there and see the Bears play them at their place in in a historic stadium um, I know a lot of people say you know slag off Oddsall quite a lot but I, I thought there was definitely history about the place and um, that was just brilliant but not only that um, sort of sat there watching the game the women's Super League was was due to launch and um, Alan, I was sat next to Alan. Alan goes, yeah, Ralph Rimmer's, Rimmer's behind us. And I was like, what, really? And he says, uh, you should get him on the podcast. And I was like thinking, I can't do that. I can't ask Ralph Rimmer for an interview. So um, I'll turn around and introduce me. And I said, would you mind doing a quick interview? And he actually said, yes. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. So we, our little podcast, you don't which hadn't been going for very long at that point, got an interview with Ralph Rimmer. And, you know, I, I find him to be such a pleasant guy. Um, he's really, really passionate about rugby league. It was just great to get him on the show. And, um, you know, again, something I'll never forget. And you doing that meant that when he was in Coventry for the Challenge Cup draw a couple of years later, and I took took a chance and asked him if he'd come on the podcast again, he remembered your interview from last time and was more than happy to chat to us again. So, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, I, I remember because I think I don't, I didn't go to that Bradford game because it was my wife's birthday weekend. I remember watching it on Bradford's stream and we were trying to record. We, we sort of, I think we recorded while you were still there, didn't we? And, and you had to cut your bit short because you were going off to either interview Tom or interview Ralph or something, but it was just, yeah, it was just really exciting. Like not only watching the bears playing at Oddsall, on my TV, but also you going, yep, I'm just going to go and talk to Ralph Rimmer and all this stuff. Yeah, it was... Yeah, um, you know what, Ralph uh, Rimmer cops a lot of flack from certain 
you know, groups of fans. But um, after that, I would say I wouldn't have anything bad said about him because, um, you know, what what sort of sport does the, does the head of your support agree to to be interviewed by some podcast that he's probably that you know he probably never even heard of um you know and to be such a nice guy about it as well he was um you know and you can as i said you can tell his passion for the game and and he wants rugby league to succeed and and he's got a very very hard job i I don't envy the job that he's got to do particularly at the moment so you know I, i genuinely really appreciate him coming on the show yeah, me too. Me too. Right, let's um let's wrap up our little 100th celebration with um with some words from our listeners. So, um we put the call out on social media asking for people to send in their top 3 favorite players in the time that we've been doing the podcast, favorite match in the time and favorite podcast guest as well. Um so I'll be frank, some people responded to the brief better than others, but um but let's go let's go through and see what we got. So, on Facebook to be fair, didn't get much on Facebook. We had we had one comment. Um, Mary Kennedy simply said, "Anyone that Richard picks," um, which actually, based on how well we're doing this season, is probably a very fair comment. So thank you for that. On Instagram, um, we we had one comment as well from um, from Big Chungas La Thick, who just said, "Welly Bob, Welly Bob, Welly Bob" as the top three players. Um, and with a bit of digging into Instagram usernames, it turns out Welly Bob, as far as I can understand, is Elliot Townsend. Um, so, um, so yeah, three votes for Elliot there, but Twitter, Twitter was where the more accurate ones came in. Um, so I'll just, I, I don't want to spend too long on these cause we've already rambled a, for a long time and, um, it's, um, you know, I'm sure people, people have got other things to do, but, um, really do appreciate people sending in their answers. So let's, let's quickly go through these. And if, if anything jumps out as being interesting, Craig do mention, but, um, so for the, for the replies on Twitter, we had Kieran Sherrett, um, who has been mentioned already in this in this chat? Um, his top three players: Chris Barrett, Nick Newman, and Jason Bass. Um, best win he's put the Hunslet game this season, but said that the most memorable was Toronto away, which just just came before we started our podcast. But I think it's a very fair shout for him to to mention that. Um, God, imagine if we'd have you know, got ourselves in gear a bit sooner and could have gone to that one. Yeah, that one of my biggest something. regrets is not going to not not taking the chance to go to Toronto um would love to have done it and the thing is at the time I thought you know there'll be other opportunities to do this sort of thing you know it looked like there was going to be other teams from Canada joining the league and there may well still that might still happen but uh it does looking back now it seems like such a shame that um you know didn't do it at the time but never mind yeah and Kieran's, Kieran's top interview guest um, was actually Darius Hamilton. He said, the man spoke facts from the heart, which I think is very fair. Um, Tim Tim Griffiths, uh, the voice of the Butts Park Arena, um, his top three players, Dave Scott, Jason Bass, and Kieran Sherrett, brackets, when not kicking. Slight burn there, but uh, but kind of fair. Um, his favourite game, unsurprisingly, Keithley 2018 at home. And he's added comment to this. He said, I may have done permanent damage to my voice box that day. The A-team style assembly, the performance, the celebrations, I'll never forget it. Um, and his favourite podcast interview was actually James Gurchin's, the uh, the little farewell Gurch interview we did yeah. in 2018. The Coventry Bears Supporters Club, their top three players, Dave Scott, Kieran Scherer and Elliot Hall. Um, their favourite interview guest was Darius for his eloquent but passionate defence of expansion clubs. Um, 
And their top match was Hunslet this season. They said that the win over Newcastle in 2019 was a close second, but the comeback against Hunslet is seared into their brain, which again, I think is fair. Yeah. Um, and then a few more to go through. So we've got Tim Poulter, um, long-time supporter of this show, long-time supporter of the Bears, in fact. Um, top three players, Dave Scott, Kieran Sherratt, Reese Rance. Favourite win, uh, favourite match, the win over Rochdale this season. Favourite interview guest, Darius again. Um, Hayden Freeman um, picked Darius as his favourite interview guest again. Uh, the Newcastle win from last year as favourite match. And um, Hayden's top three players are Charlie O'Mara. Um, and then in his words, Mr. Boring, Nick Newman, and Mr. <laughs> Wigan, Kieran Sherratt. Um, so some good choices there. And then last couple, we've got Michael Shires, um, again, who has been on the podcast Um very, very um, heavily involved in the club. Top three players, Chris Cullimore, Dave Scott and Nathan Hill. Um, favourite match, the Hunslet game this season. And favourite podcast interview, Kurt Sorensen, which um, again, another just casual massive name from the sport that we can throw into our podcast. Um, thanks to, to Gertrude for helping us pull that together. And then quite possibly my favourite reply we've had on Twitter is from, from Ian Coates, simply says, Dan Coates. Um, so good, good. Um, I'm guessing they're related, um, but that's good. And, and I think fair as well, as we talked about, everything Dan has been terrific. So thank you for all of those contributions. Um, really do appreciate it. And thank you, of course, for just helping us get to this, this landmark of 100 really, you know, it's, it's something that, as I say, started as a, as a, a very, a very odd little idea and a few Twitter DMs. And here we are four years later and we're still doing it. Um, and still enjoying it and still getting people listen. So um, I, I, I don't know how much more there is to say, Craig. I think we can we can probably wrap up and, and look towards 101 and beyond. Yeah, um, you know, it's just been brilliant. Lots of really great memories. Um, as I said, something I've never done before, but now that I thoroughly enjoy. Um, absolutely still love the sport, love the Bears, uh, and love just chatting chatting about it and and really appreciate the the lovely kind comments that so many people have said as well over the years um it's just been brilliant perfect yeah i think that's the best way to end it so um that's 100 down on to the next one and we'll see you next time welcome to a very special edition of bear necessities your official coventry bears podcast why so special because this is our 100th episode thanks so much to all of you for sticking with us and letting us reach this milestone over the last few years. I, as you probably know, am one of your hosts, Dave Musson, and my co-pilot, Craig Cuthcart, will be joining me later as we run through our favourite Bears 13 from the time we've been doing this podcast, pick out some of our favourite matches, and talk about some of our best memories that we've gathered along the way as well. But... Before that, we've got a game from Sunday to cover. So the Bears travelled up to top of the table Barrow Raiders and competed well for large portions of it, but ultimately came off second best with Barrow winning 40-12. The Bears tries coming from Dan Coates and Matty Wellham. Now, neither Craig or I were able to travel to Cumbria for the match, but I was able to chat to two guys who were definitely there. In a moment, Bears player coach Dave Scott, but first head coach Rich Squires and then I'll rejoin you with Craig at our birthday party.